do you do when you have done everything? When you failed and gotten back up again and again, when you have no idea what to do next, when you have gotten to the end of your rope, when is it time to give up on your dreams of ever having a loving relationship? Hey, sweet babies, I'm Candace, and let me tell you, I've been where you are. For years, I was unclear about my love life and trying to achieve someone else's idea of relationships. My families, the churches, the millions of romance novels that I read throughout high school, none of which got me anywhere but unhappy with my love life. But guess what? It took abuse, grief, and homelessness for me to learn how to let go of control and be guided to transform my love life. I broke free from those struggle love cycles and created a love life that I love, that loved me back. And now I'm here to guide you to do the same. So I want you to join me on a journey from feeling disappointed in your relationship history to madly in love, from broken and guarded to whole and happy. I'm here every week, but I don't want you to just watch and listen. I want you to comment, engage, and be a part of the conversation. I have so many good guests that are going to be coming on, including the guests that I have today. I love this guest so much. We're not just colleagues. We're also friends, and she's a wonderful person, an amazing matchmaker. Her name is Jada Purvis, and she's a certified matchmaker and founder of Flirting with Forever. What a great name, right? A boutique style matchmaking and relationship consulting firm. And with over a decade of experience as a certified matchmaker, Jada is best known for creating compatible pairings and cultivating beautiful relationships. Her work has been featured in numerous publications and media outlets such as Yahoo Sports, Up Journey, Cosmopolitan, Voyage Denver, and many, many more. So let me bring Jada on so she can say hello, hello, hello. Welcome, my love. Hi, beautiful. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm like, we were just, you know, pre-chatting and I forgot to mention, I've I've been praising the weather lately. Yeah. (laughs) Because it rained for so long. And then, you know, we've had right now it's not that sunny, but we've had some good sun. So when the sun is out, I'm getting that vitamin D. I feel good. How about you? Well, the sun is out, but it's still chilly. I think it's what, what is it? Like 450? Yeah. I love that though. That's like my favorite time of year. (laughs) We're feeling the sweater weather. Sweater weather. (laughs) Right? And we both showed up in our sweaters. I know. I absolutely adore and love. You know, Mm. as soon as you start to get to wear your cow neck, the classic cow neck. Then you know that it's time. Right? It's time. Tis the season. Tis the season. So speaking of when it's time. Yeah. Today's topic is when is it time to give up on your dreams of love? And I had mentioned to you earlier that part of what inspired this topic for me, everybody's been talking about Will and Jada. Mm. And I know everybody, you know, I I keep seeing different posts where everybody's sick of hearing about Will and Jada. Mm -hmm. People are sick of hearing about, you know, what Jada has to say about, you know, them having been separated a lot longer than we thought, all of that stuff. So Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, we should have a different sort of angle on this conversation. And one of the things I thought about was, you know, what happens when you are in a relationship where it's do or die, right? Or in a situation in your love life where it's do or die. Like, when do you give up do or die? Because, you know, those of us who follow their story know that Will has this no divorce rule. And I guess she's followed along with this no divorce rule. And so that's what made me want to talk about this. What do you think about it? 
you know, I have so many thoughts, especially as a matchmaker, but not, not only that, just a will and Jada follower. Um, I think for so many years, they were like couple goals. Yeah. Like everybody, I mean, people even put them in songs, couple goals, couple goals. But, you know, on the flip side, like I'm, I'm kind of torn on the flip side. He will forever and always be known, not only for the the movies and the accolades that he's done, but as the man who slapped Chris Rock right. at the Oscars, right? <laughs> yeah. So he'll always be known for that. And that is outshining all of the other work that he's done. Mm-hmm. But also, she is now, I don't want to say she's embarrassing him, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's tough because as a woman, I get it. Like I understand her feelings and where she's at and their story is their story. Unfortunately, it's played out publicly and none of us know what the depths of that really is. Yeah. Um, but it's almost kind of a little bit embarrassing. I mean, she, you know, dated her son's friend yeah. and that played out publicly. Yeah. Um, and now it's this whirlwind of what, what her life was like. And then it's like, I'm not married to him, but I was at the Oscars as support, but not really his wife. And then he slapped this man. So it's just kind of the back and forth. And, you know, I think they have a a, a love story that is yet to be unfolded. Like, I think there's still so much that so we much will never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just unfortunate that, that it's played out so, so publicly. And a lot of people are tired of it. I'm looking yeah. at my TikTok. I'm sure you see how many people are like Jada enough is enough is enough is enough. Yeah. But she's got a book. Yeah. Her book tells her side of the story and her book, you know, she's got to make money. She's got to like be on her own book tour. So, I mean, I think as, as, as far as much as we all want to judge, it's tough for me as a matchmaker because I see both, sides and I really really empathize with him because I feel so bad because he's made out to look like a weak man and yeah. I, I think honestly he's just a man that's in love. Yeah. And I don't I, I think there's nothing I don't think there's anything wrong with that. What now you started to read her book, didn't you? I did. I started reading her book because mainly just because I love the title of it. And I was someone who definitely watched Red Table Talk. I really think that she has her finger on the button of healing and growth. And I know some people will be be out there like, oh, you know, they're crazy. And, you know, they have all their judgments about them. Yeah. Um, but the reason that I wanted to read the book is because I think that sometimes people mistake the willingness to admit our failures and admit what we've done wrong. They mistake that for um, a weakness or that there's something wrong with you. And I think the problem, where the problem comes in is that we dehumanize ourselves when we put ourselves, like you were saying, there's so many people on TikTok who have these judgments about, you know, oh, I wish they'd stop talking about it. Oh, you know, I wish it wasn't this or, you know, why'd she have to tell all of that? And, you know, maybe judging her as the narcissist or judging him as the narcissist. But I think, you know, what we miss out on is there's an opportunity here to understand that even people who are very wealthy and have had uh, opportunities that maybe we haven't had or people who are in the limelight go through these human things. Because who among us can be like, I've never done anything shitty in a relationship? 
Right. I don't know anybody who can say that. Right. But right. also who among us, it doesn't play out publicly. That's true. We don't know what has led up to her dating her son's friend. We have no idea what Will's life exactly is or was outside of that. So it's just for us, as we go through our own relationship stuff, I mean, we do it privately. We do it right? talking to our girlfriend. <laughs> we do it talking to our like cousins, aunts, uncles, whomever. Yeah. But they are like on this huge platform and that's that's kind of disheartening but I I you know I think it's a life they chose when they obviously it's just you're a celebrity that this is kind of what what's gonna happen what's gonna I mean, happen here's the thing about it and I, this is an unpopular opinion I think that what they're doing with the celebrity granted I'm not naive enough not to think that a lot of this isn't about selling books sure. and selling content and you know will now he's a social media influencer I think that they're doing a, a favor a service to those of us who, like you said, looked at their relationship as couple goals, yep. right? So there's something, even when Jay-Z and Beyonce went through their whole thing and Jay and Beyonce was lemonading and all of that, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like, you don't necessarily want this, you know, trauma and drama to happen, or maybe you feed off of it and you enjoy the trauma and drama happening. But I think that when you have uh, someone who's so iconic or in the spotlight in such a perfect way, and they're willing to say, no, wait a second. We are really messing this up. <laughs> right. 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 It's like, I think we miss something when societally we're not willing to honor that and say, okay, so I'll read your book. Even though it may be about her just wanting to make money, she's exposing herself. People you know, who are cynical, they want to judge it that way. But, you know, even in so far what I've listened to about the book, I'm like, this is a conversation that all of us, if we're willing to share how we we evolved or how we started to understand our lack of worth or what mistakes we made when we didn't know we were worthy, as she titles the book. Yeah. I feel like to be able to share that with people is very healing for ourselves and for others. Sure, sure. You know, and I, I wonder if that's part of it, too, is that they get to heal from it. They get to heal from it. And he's so supportive. I mean, he yeah. just I saw a clip. I don't know where she, maybe it was New York. I don't know where she was, but he, him and the kids just came out on stage and he said, he was like, she is my best friend. Like, yeah. this is my, you know, my person. And there's so much judgment surrounded by that. But again, right? no one people knows. Were <laughs> people were mad. And it's like, they were like oh, Will, are you okay? Blink. Are you okay? They're like, please, free will. That's the, the what's yes. going on? <laughs> free will. You know, you don't know what their what their journey is or the conversations yeah. that they've had. And I'm I'm certain, especially off the um, Red Table Talk, because I watched that as well. They've had to have conversations about what does this look like and, and how can we heal and how can we do we stay together? Do we not? So my personal opinion is it's disheartening because they're both the bad guys. Jade yeah. is the bad guy because she's trying to sell books, which I get it. Will's the bad guy because people think that he's weak, but yeah. they're two people that are in love and are trying to figure out what their definition of love looks like. And mm. I think that's, what's difficult because it's playing out publicly. Yeah. Yeah. But what's, what works for us is to be able to look at what we, we perceive as the mistakes. So yeah. the, like our topic today around will, 
you know, and, and I, I didn't read Will's book, but what I know from this idea of never divorcing, yeah. um, you know, the little bit that I have read or heard from the book is that he talks about, you know, what he saw growing up. And a lot of times mm -hmm. I think we make decisions about our love lives based on mm -hmm. what we saw growing up and, mm -hmm. you know, having had a failed marriage and all of that stuff and making the decision that there is no such thing as divorce, like that divorce can't be an option. Like, yeah. I think that in itself, it, while well-meaning, is mm -hmm. one of those choices that, uh, like kinds of choices that a lot of us make that limit the future and they make sure. it impossible to maybe navigate a relationship or be present to what's what's in the present, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's why I, that question of when is it time to give up on your dreams of love? Because I want to I want to apply well-meaningness to Will saying, I never want to get a divorce. Yeah. I think he means well. <laughs> I think he means well. I think he's very sincere. And that is, he got into this marriage because, I mean, we all need to remember he was married before. Yeah. This is his second marriage. Yeah. So we have to take that into consideration as well, because a lot of people, if they've been married once before, then they're married again. They don't want to have a, a, a failed situation so they'll figure it out um and that's i think what a lot of people don't factor in yeah. you know and then the thing is is that you know even the best intentions right the the road to hell can be paved with so now here i am i refuse to get a divorce <laughs> yeah right and we can't say for them in particular whether it's something mm -hmm. they need to do or not but I think for those of us, you know, those who are listening and for those of us who aren't celebrities and it's not playing out in the public eye, it's like, you know, what is the conversation around? When do I start saying to myself, what I'm doing is not working? Like whatever my my parameters or my rules that I have set up, it's not working. Like it's not working for me to stay continually in a relationship where I'm separated for seven years. <laughs> I mean, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> or it's working on a level, it might be working on a level professionally for them. So I, we don't know yeah. that. But if yeah. I'm sitting at home and, you know, I'm not a celebrity and I'm not trying to sell a book or whatever, you know, there are people who are sitting at home where the decision I've made is not working. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, it's tough. I think you and I have both been there, especially, you know, I've got, I went through a divorce and it was difficult. Yeah. Um, and I think with anybody that the challenge becomes when is enough enough and yeah. what is my breaking point? Um, and that's tough. I think it's very situational. You, yeah. you, but I also feel, especially in my industry and you being in the love industry as well, there's so much hope surrounded by people that are lovers of love there's so much hope yeah. so i think that we give chance after chance after chance after chance after chance um and it's it's just it's it's very situational because again like what does that relationship look like is it is it um abuse is it you know what what types of things are in there but I don't know. It's that's a great question. I love that this is the topic because I've talked about it before and it's like I don't know when is enough enough. Yeah. I think it's up to the person. When you've been fed up and you're like can no longer do it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, like I was tossing it back and forth cuz I agree with you. It is situational, but I I feel like 
even within things that are, uh, and I'm a big believer in everybody's got to do what's right for them, right? Like Absolutely. that willingness to get in, in relationship with self so that you can make a decision or make a choice, I should say, based on yeah. who you truly are. Like I, you know, I'm a big believer, even as a coach, I don't give people like straight advice. This is the rules. This is what you have to do. Sure. But I think that w when it comes to that sort of, um, you know, I've made this decision about relationships. So using Will as the example, I've made this decision that divorce is not an option. So mm -hmm. if I'm strong-willed enough, if I'm, you know, uh, big-headed enough, I can ride that till the wheels fall off until right. I can't ride it anymore, right? Yeah. But I think that in order to get to a point where you can tap into yourself and actually know, you know, when do I let this thing go? Mm -hmm. I have to be willing to ask myself, where am I being so concrete and so mm -hmm. attached and, and so determined that it's, it's not serving me? Mm. Right? Because remember that part where, and I, the reason I keep mentioning Will and Jada, and I want to make clear for anybody who's listening that it's not about a worship of Will and Jada. They're just mm -hmm. such a good example of what I'm right. talking about. Yeah. Remember when they, they did the red table talk together and it was just the two of them. Oh, and, right? My heart broke. He looked devil like so he was sad. so sad. Yeah. But they had that moment where they high fived or something and they said bad marriage for life. Yep. Right. So, you know, like that is um, when your intention and your commitment overrides your your wellness and your peace yeah. of mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in as much as they may love each other very much, you know, I think we put so much on divorce being a failure or a yeah. breakup being a bad thing or it has to look this certain way or it's not OK that sometimes we make up these rules. Right where we can't actually even give ourselves room to maybe want something different. Right. And I think people have to give themselves grace. Yeah. You know, I think there's not enough of that. And people stay in relationships and stay in relationships, miserable people cheat in these relationships. They do all these things for the look yeah. of what it is, but be honest and be true to yourself and just give yourself grace. If it's no longer serving you, that's okay. And there's yeah. not enough of that. That's okay. There's too much of the, you got to stick it out. It has the work. You've got to figure this out, but it, you know, it, it may not be. I also think too, it can be uh, part of what keeps the cycle of dysfunction going. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's yeah. a certain level of control I have to have when I insist Absolutely. that we have to be in this thing or that it has to look a certain way. There's a controllingness. And so not only am I forcing the relationship to stay together or forcing whatever the situation might be, I'm also okay. not allowing anything else in, like any other possibility as far as like, you know, if, if let's say we're in a, a very difficult marriage, but I've decided that we cannot get divorced. And so that's not an option for us. That means that I am attached to making sure that whatever I think looks like marriage yeah. happens, which limits both parties' abilities to actually just be. Uh, to just be. Just be. <laughs> right. right, right. No, I agree. I agree 100%. It's, it's, it's really unfortunate. And it's crazy that this is, there's so many other things happening in the world today. Yeah. 
but we're so focused on Will and Jada. Like it has taken over everything, yeah. news, social media. It's it's taken over everything. And at the end of the day, it's like, let these people just figure it out. <laughs> it's not for us to judge and determine. Let them figure yeah. it out. If they get divorced, they get divorced. If if they decide not to, <clears throat> then they decide not to. But there's so many other incredibly crucial topics happening in the world right now. Yeah. Other true. than this marriage. Yeah. I think for a lot of people though, it's like, you know, whenever there is um, high levels of unrest in the world, people uh, get fatigued. They get around fatigued. This because that there's that helplessness, that helpless feeling, but also yeah. too, a lot of times these sorts of things, they very much represent and echo and mirror what's going on in, in people's day-to-day -day lives. Right. So yeah, um, you know, I think a lot of times people present, especially on social media, that it's like, oh, you know, I was talking to um, uh, my partner Wes's younger sister the other day, and she was saying, you know, people are just sick of like, like what you mentioned. There's so much going on in the world that's really horrible, like <laughs> horrific. I'm seeing, you know, horrific. yeah, uh, you know, posts about Palestinian children and Israeli, you know, like yep. there's a lot of horrific things going on. And I think people, um, you know, they want to be like, well, this is just stupid celebrity talk and it's and it's uh, minuscule. But this is what mirrors what's going on with those of us who are in a helpless position that, you know, what can we do about what's going on in the world? We can sit and watch the news. Right. And and watch the news cycle and see it go by again and again and again. But it doesn't necessarily affect what our day to day is. It doesn't mm. affect we be in our relationships. And so I think that's why people are somewhat obsessed with it and some somehow making it into it being about them. And it's yeah. so not about them, <laughs> even so though they're in it. it. Yeah. Even though they're in it. But yeah. you think about it. I mean, you have the person who could be, you know, financially not in the best space and just depressed mm -hmm. and sad. And you, it's almost like you latch onto that dream of like, oh, if this was my life. And I think that's why everybody is so tuned into it because it's like this, we glamorize celebrity worlds yeah, and they're literally just like us. Right? <laughs> to be fair, they're literally just like us. <laughs> they go through the same things that we go through. But yeah. when you have people that are not necessarily in the happiest place, this is like, that's their little bit of hopes. Then it's yeah. like people, they latch onto that. And it's just, it's a cycle. It's right. And also you can kind of like, like people like to be in a place of judgment. So if I'm oh, sitting absolutely. judging someone else. We are always <laughs> judging. <laughs> always judging. Yeah. Like I don't have to feel so bad about myself while I'm you right. know, judging how these other people are. Moving. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. But I do, I, you know, I think the important thing here is that understanding that it, you know, like once I, put control onto something or once I make up my mind about how something has to go, I've cut off a lot of possibility, mm. you know, for what could happen, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, like I've, yeah. I've sort of killed the possibility, which leads me into um, the next topic that I wanted to talk about is yeah. flirting with forever. <laughs> Honey, aren't we all flirting with forever though? Flirting with forever. I feel like we are, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, well, you know, I mean, for those of you watching and listening, Candace is like one of my favorite people near dear friend. But, you know, um, the world of matchmaking is tricky 
in a mm -hmm. sense, you know, I never want to pigeonhole any, that's just not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, but I well, let's call like, a spade a spade for women of color in particular. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was it's just about name. to say that. I was like, you know, let me, how do I tiptoe around it? But <laughs> you can say um, it here. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's hard because yeah. there are women of color that want love and they want that relationship and they want the joy and they want to flirt with forever. And they yeah. go to companies and these companies say, well, we can't take you on because you're, you know, we can't take on black women because yeah. they're angry, they're aggressive, they're this, they're that. And that's just not okay. Yeah. Um, hence the reason why I started, started my company um, because I want to give hope to everybody. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, it's, you were in the matchmaking space with me yeah. for a while and, and you saw the same things I saw that were just not acceptable. Everybody is deserving. It shouldn't matter. I personally take offense to that as a woman of color because I never want to be labeled as angry, aggressive, hard to match. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, a lot of men won't like this woman because of X, Y, Z. That's not okay. Yeah, it really it's isn't. Not okay. It's not yeah. okay. So yeah. that's why I'm here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Like, like filling the holes, the disparities. Because I think beyond just, you know, what judgments a lot of, um, you know, people in the industry might make when it comes to, to matching women of color or women of color in general, there's also um, statistically and demographically, like, you know, who's coming to be in these databases and who's coming to be available yeah. for matching and all of that <laughs> is not always necessarily what women of color would even want. And I think Absolutely. sometimes there's not a lot of honesty around that. And uh -huh. I think, right. I think the, the opportunity that you're providing is that, you know, this is, this is what I can provide for you. And I'm going to actually work to find you what it is that you want, not try to force you with, with someone that makes no sense. Someone that makes no sense just because I want to make sure you pay me. Just right? because I want to get that number in and get you matched and get you done. Yeah. No, I work with a select amount of clients, but I'm, I, you know, I will say I have, I have the ability to be honest and I'm mm -hmm. very honest with my clients. I will tell them, listen, what you're asking for makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> like it makes no sense. We've got to work on this. We've got to figure this out. I meet with a lot of people in person. So I think that makes a difference too, because I'm able to see their mannerisms. I'm able to talk to them a little bit more and get more of a feel for them. But I mean, the reality is everybody wants love yeah. and love comes in all shapes and sizes. And I've been doing this 10 years, not my company, but I've been in the matchmaking space 10 years. And there's so many opposites that, that attract. So when we have these list after list after list after list, I have the freedom and the flexibility to say, no, ma'am, that's not going to work. Like um, we got it. You can't not pick somebody because you don't like their tie. Like that's right. <laughs> to me. Um, and in other spaces, you don't necessarily have that flexibility to do so. It's a numbers game. Yeah. You're just getting people out to get them out and you don't get to have those real and raw conversations. Yeah. What are some things that you're doing that you would advise other matchmaking companies around, like, 
you know, like you mentioned, um, I mean, obviously some of those stereotypes are just racist stereotypes that 100%. you're not going to be able to wash out of somebody's brain, like, <laughs> right. unless they actually get awake to it. But for those who, and, you know, we have mutual matchmaking friends who are not necessarily of color, but they want to be able to match everybody. What yeah. are some things that you do that you feel like it's it's very important beyond because I feel like with everybody you got to manage those expectations. We always talk yeah. about that, right? The build a bear yeah. wanters, um, you know that you do when it comes to working with because we both work with women of color. Mm -hmm. What do you do as far as you know talking to them about um, you know getting connected to something that makes sense? Oh, it just depends on so many different scenarios, but a lot of it. Well, first of all, I like to get to the root of where all of this is coming from. Yeah. Um, and I have the flexibility to do a little bit more coaching and a little bit more digging. And a lot of it comes from trauma and past things they've seen, past relationships. So they've got these thoughts in their mind of what success in a relationship to them looks like. And that may not be the case. Yeah. So really, for me, I dig more to get to the root of the problem. And then we can say, okay, well... We've uncovered this, but now let's take a look at this. And I'm I'm more hands-on and walk them through that process. Because at the end of the day, we all have some type of trauma. I mean, it's just everybody does. As much as people would like to pretend say they don't. And mm -hmm. that's a lie. Yeah. Um, we all or have something that just even di just dictates how they're how they're navigating it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right? We've all seen how love goes through how, what we witnessed when we were growing up. So we may not have seen the healthiest relationships. We may not have seen a two parent household. We may not have seen how a man truly loves a woman. And I think that defines how some of us as women navigate relationships. So it comes down to me um, just getting to the root of that. And I've even reached out to you before, like, honey, I need some help coaching this client. Can you <laughs> help me figure it out? But before I say yes and putting my name on the stamp of approval of mm -hmm. taking someone on as a client i need to make sure that those things are worked through and they're going to be open and ready to work with me and i tell them you have to trust the process if you don't trust me and you don't trust the process this is a complete waste of time yeah i would never that's another thing too i would never take somebody's money if i cannot provide for them what they want. Yeah. And there are companies out there that it's like a, it's a mill of like, get the money, get the money, get the money, get the money. Yeah. And that's just not how I work. For me, it's about the experience. I love love for a reason. And I want to make sure that my clients are in that same space. So it's a little bit different for me. I think, it, I think it's a lot of bit different. Like, I think that there's so much value in that. And I love that you illustrated that because that's what I want, you know, like clients I work with and, you know, women of color who are even considering having a matchmaker. That's what I want us to understand, because we know that in as much as, you know, we'll hear stuff about, you know, buy black owned and all of that stuff. Like yeah. this is this is one of those things where if you're going to make an investment, it's really important that you invest with somebody who understands your 
holistic absolutely sis i know you you want to attract a partner who genuinely loves you as a woman you want to break generational cycles and experience the fulfilling romantic relationships that your mother and maybe even your grandmother didn't have you want to learn how to release the pattern of navigating your love life through past hurts trauma and abandonment issues so i've made this easy to consume effective digital course just for you it's called a love life that loves you back i'm candace harper a relationship coach and hypnotherapist and i would love to help you create that love life just go to bit.com forward slash loving relationships for WOC. Can't wait to see you there. Absolutely. And it's very important that you you're dealing with someone who, like you said, is willing to be honest, is not just trying to get the cash from you. And um, a lot of times I think we can sometimes say, well, I'm I'm not necessarily going to buy black owned. I want to go, you know, give my upwards of what, 150K to this company that's claiming to be luxury or claiming to give me six matches. Yeah, garbage matches. <laughs> right, they may not be what I want. <laughs> right, but you know, it's it's that willingness to to um say, well, I it's not just about buying black black owned, but if I'm going to invest something in in finding the person that I love, I want somebody who's not only going to tell me the truth, wouldn't take my money unless they knew they could help me and actually is going to understand what the experience is going forward. Like if I say, you know, I really want someone who's a cultural match, or if I say that I'm open to uh, different uh, races, genders, whatever, that they're going to be willing to support me through that. And they care about that. So I love that you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've actually told people that I cannot take them on. And I know a lot of companies would say, oh, we turn people away. And that, and they don't. <laughs> right. I'm trying to be politically correct. <laughs> um, but I have actually told people I can't, you know, this, this just isn't in alignment with where I'm at. And I don't know that I'm the best person for you. I've referred mm-hmm. them out to people, um, which a lot of people find to be interesting because they're like, you didn't just take the money. And I'm like, absolutely not. No, I'm not, I'm not here for that. So it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. It's different. And it's very, very important. Yeah. So now because we're, we're tying in together this idea, I mentioned it a little bit, the whole idea of being worthy. And I think another thing that we as black women sometimes struggle with is feeling that we're worthy of these these kinds of investments, worthy of this kind of pursuit. Um, you know, what are some things that you that you put in place as far as uh, you know, supporting with that? Like feeling worthy of of being on that journey, of being matched. Yeah. Of yeah. That is a great question. For me, I utilize a lot of support and resources. I've got a great network of black women who I can reach out to and say, this person is going to need some additional coaching. It's outside of my scope, or this person Mm -hmm. is going to need some additional support on X, Y, Z. And I'm thankful to be able to have that. But I try to be not only their voice of reason, sometimes I, I have to give them a little bit of tough love. I send reading materials. I send like homework assignments. I mean, this is a journey. You're trying to meet your spouse. And I do want to say it's not just for women. I work with men as well, which there's a stigma with that also because people say, well, black men don't need a matchmaker, but I have black male clients that definitely need a matchmaker and they've got work to do 
as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it's just, I'm thankful to be able to have support and resources outside of my scope that helps me with um, my clients. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and like you said, and you've utilized me as well. I mean, she, <laughs> for those of you listening, she is the best. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate best. that. But it does take a village. And I think that it's, it's you know, it behooves us, especially those of us who are out here looking to match or that don't want to be single anymore or, you know, are looking for our person, our forever person, to have that mm -hmm. understanding that, that, you know, you to make an investment in yourself, it does take a village. Like, you know, it's, it's a community project. You have to also be willing to invest in yourself. And I think there's that. Sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit and we don't feel deserving. Um, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate to me because I've had conversations with people that are like, well, I, you know, I don't know that I deserve this and I have to do this and I have to take care of that and I have to do this. And I get that, but you also have to invest in yourself. You have to pour into your own cup in order to pour out to everyone else. And um, so I think that's important for people to understand and think about as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, you know, the reason that I felt like this idea of when do I give up on my dreams of love was important to point out is because I think a lot of times people use certain things like coaching, like matchmaking as sort of their last resort, right? Because they're at that yeah. space of wanting to give up on their dreams of love. And I actually would, would hazard to say that you never give up on the dream of love. Like the moment you give up on the dream of love, then you, you'll, you'll manifest exactly what it is that you're, you've given up on. Like, you know, it's no longer possible for me once I make that decision. Mm -hmm. But like we were talking about earlier, what to give up on is that it has to go however you're imagining it has to go, right? Because I think that's the thing that stops us as people of color, you know, it, socially, that's the thing that stops us from thinking that this is something important to focus on or to invest in is because generations before us didn't necessarily do that. Right. They didn't do that. Didn't, ne yeah. didn't necessarily take love and relationships very seriously. Didn't necessarily go to therapy. Didn't necessarily ask for the support and help of others in informing relationships and creating relationships. <clears throat> so I think, you know, just in order to honor that in itself, like give up on that it's not something that's for us. Don't give up on the yeah. dream of love. Give up on the idea that it's not something that you'd put your commitment to or that you can put your money towards or your time and your energy towards. Right. I think, you know, I notice for a lot of my clients, sometimes it's I've gotten to a space where I'm ready to give up. But I also, you know, don't think it's something I should have to do any work around. <laughs> I think the important thing is, you know, that we walk away with a sense of like, you know, if I'm someone who's ready to give up on my dreams, my dreams of love, what is something that you would want them to take away mm. from this conversation? I would want them to take away, not never give up, yeah. never, ever, ever give up. There is someone out there for everyone. I always say there is a lid for every pot. Yeah. You just have to find the right person and you have to find the right guidance and support. And I feel like if you're supported, um, it just, I mean, love is amazing and it's crucial. Yeah. Um, 
for for us as as humans, I think we crave that interaction. So when you feel that you want to give up, don't call me. <laughs> you can just and when call you me. have you ever have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you because I feel like we've all been in that place. What is something that you had to put in place? Yeah. When were you ever in that place where you were like, this is this ain't working? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm done. It was- Hundred percent, but it's a lot of reflection and inner work. Yeah, um, a lot of meditation and journaling. But I really had to figure out what made sense for me, and I also had to identify what what love is to me and how badly do I want it. Um, yeah, and I had to be open to that, and that's important. A lot of people have to be open to that and figure out the importance of what that looks like for them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I would say most important, um, you know, from my place is yes, you're right. Like you, you never want to give up on that dream. You never want to give up on hope, especially in these times, like we were talking about in these hard times, everything that's going on in the world. But one thing that we always have is hope, right? Absolutely. And the thing to give up on is that I have to control it. I have to know how it's going to happen. I can do it all my own. Um, that I need to put rules on it, like divorce is not an option. <laughs> I would say that that's I the mean. thing, right? That's the thing to give up. Yeah. To give up the hard yeah. rules, to give up the loneliness, like the the solitude around creating my love life. Well, and give up the expectations. I think yeah. we have this idea in our mind of what we expect it to look like. Yeah. And you never know, it may be completely different than what you're expecting. So you have to give up that expectation. Well, that's it, my sweetheart. Is there anything else that you want? Oh, there. here's my question that I always ask all my guests, which yeah. is, is related and unrelated at the same time. But what do you love most about being a woman of color? Oh, God, that's like everything. Yeah. <laughs> I love everything. Um you know, from my beautiful lips, my skin, <laughs> my, uh, I mean, God, that's such a dynamic and interesting question because there is not a single thing that I don't love about it. Yeah. I mean, I just feel that I'm a beautiful, incredible, amazing woman and I age gracefully. <laughs> Black don't crack. Right. So <laughs> I mean, listen, there's there's a there's a there's a ton of things, but I I think I'm just grateful that I I am a woman of color and I'm proud of that. And I would never not be proud of that. And um I love it. That's fantastic. Well, I love it too. And I love that you love it. And I love what you're doing for women of color. Cause I think it's Thank very, you. aligned. yeah, it's very aligned with, you know, what I value at my core as well. And so who should be seeking you out? You said that you work with both men and women who should be seeking yes. you out. What is the, what is your uh, unique selling proposition around your matchmaking? I think we've touched on some of it, but you know, yeah. I know you're yeah. doing it different. And, oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, flirtingwithforever.info um, is my website. My Instagram is at matchmakerjada. Um, TikTok is at matchmakerjada. 
Facebook is Matchmaker Jada. Um, so you can find me, Jada Purvis. Um, and yeah, I would love I would love to hear from you. I'm I'm, you know, I would love to hear from you. I would love to help and assist you along the way with your journey to love. I love it. Awesome. And you also do your your like very hands-on, right? So like you're oh, unique selling as opposed to like, if I'm someone who's thinking about going to, you know, let's say Talkify or something like that, like you're actually hands-on, like they're mm-hmm. getting, the, they're getting the attention that they wouldn't necessarily get with someplace like yeah. that. Yeah. They're getting the attention. I'm very hands-on. I like to try to meet with people in person. Um, I've even traveled to meet clients. So um I'm very hands-on. You will get a lot of me. And I think that is what makes the experience successful because I'm hands-on. Yeah. And I know you do somewhat of the coaching piece and the sitting. Yeah. I love it. All right, my sweetheart. Thank thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for being here. My love. <laughs> All right, everybody who who was able to come, I know some, a few people just came in and out, but if you get to you know watch the replay, definitely check out Jada, especially if you're thinking about getting a matchmaker. But you know, like we said, if there's anything that that we want you to take away is you never give up on your dreams, you never give up the hope, you never give up on love, and that's it. Thank you so much for being here, whether you watched live or or are coming on the replay later. And don't forget to stop by CandiceHarperLoveCoach.com for a free copy of my ebook, Seven Days to Freedom from Single Girl Shame. That's going to be available by the end of this weekend. So seven days of freedom from single girl shame. If you're out there shaming yourself for being single, you're going to want this book. It's a journal. It's interactive. And in seven days, you'll feel amazing and ready to match with someone and ready to actually find your love if you stop shaming yourself. Anyway, I love you so much. Thank you so much to Jada. Until next time, keep being unapologetically lovable and please, by all means, give yourself grace. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.